Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Countdown to Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And nothing's going to stop us making the most of every festive moment. Our gift cards can be used in all Tesco stores nationwide on all groceries, F&F clothing and Tesco Mobile. And we're offering great discounts on bulk orders for organisations this Christmas. To find out more, visit tescoforbusiness.com and call our team today. For a limited time only, terms and conditions apply. Tesco, every little helps. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. Hello, my name is Marvin Harrison. This is the Dope Black Dad podcast. Today, I'm joined again by my friend, colleague, fellow Dope Black Dad, Marvin Critchlow. How are you, Marvin? I'm not too bad, brother. Like, like we just saying, it's half term. So, you know, just enjoying a little bit of time. With my son, you know, the weather's been great for the majority of the week. It's raining today, but for the most part, yeah, I had good weather. So, yeah, I can't complain. How are you coping with of, of half-term, though? Because I'm suffering. And, and if, what's weird is, is that it's not bad. It's just like half-term is a fraudulent activity. They yeah, force you yeah. to spend more time with your children, <laughs> even though you spent basically a whole year with mm. them, when really we've never been designed to spend that much time with yeah. anyone, even the people we've created. And sometimes, you know, I think it's hard to find activities and things to do. And, I mean, I don't know what it was like pre-COVID. I can't cast my mind back that far. But, yeah, now I'm just thinking... What do we used to do? What do we do for half term? Because now I feel like the options are limited. Listen, I, I I've been clawing at the bare minimums of experience. Also, <laughs> like I'm in, I have to be, I have to, I'm in quarantine, so I have to stay oh, in my house. Sure. I can't yeah, leave. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, I don't, I never break the law ever. I, I think it's disgusting people break the law. <laughs> but I really did consider like just going for a walk and go to the mm-hmm. shop. And the moment I thought about it, one of the quarantine wardens came and knocked on my door to make sure oh, I really? was, I was there oh, really? and I was at home. Okay. I was like, yo, I almost thought about. Let's just go for a like jog. It was like yeah, nine in the morning, yeah. and then they well, they just uh, turned up. Let me to Marvin Harrison, please. And you know, yeah. you know what is as a black person when people knock on your door and you're not sure, expecting yeah. it immediately you're like who's this MI5 is this police yeah, detective exactly. <laughs> I, I turned it to my mum don't bring yeah, people to my yeah. house like and so I'm sitting there and I'm like nah, no, this doesn't feel good yeah, and then they, they were like yeah can we have some ID please and I was like wow yeah sure um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can never be on the run because I feel like my 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 heart won't let it happen I, yeah, it will probably yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah we, we're just hanging out in the house really just destroying the house like I, I decorated sure. my house uh, uh, when I got back um, okay. and repainted yeah. the living room and the kitchen and like filled up some of the holes oh, you're busy yeah Listen, bro you know what is that I, I've been in hotels so long I was so house proud yeah. when I got back I was like home there's a home yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so I came and I just immediately started fixing stuff. And I, and then like yeah. the kids are looking at me like, Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, it's been interesting. Have you done anything yet? Have you actually made it out and gone anywhere? Yeah, I mean, the only thing we did, we went to a golf driving range the other day. So I've tried to get my son, I tried oh. to get him to different sports. So yeah, we went to a driving range, which was good. We took one of his cousins as well. So yeah, that, that was good. But that's it really. Other than that, went to the arcade, did a bit of window shopping. But yeah, it's just a bit, I think we're just over lockdown. I think that's the problem. So even now you get an opportunity to go out. You don't You don't really want to go out. You're still kind of, you know, you're still kind of beaten down, I suppose. So yeah, that's been a bit I of a I feel struggle. like half terms are just because schools are fed up of looking after our children. So they just, there's so many <laughs> of much. them. And you're just like, yeah, what, what's yeah. this one for? And then there's an inset day yeah. on your first day exactly. back. Sometimes they do it yeah. the day before you leave. I'm just like, mm. you guys are just looking for opportunities. Basically True, what I think yeah. it is, they pay teachers so incredibly bad that they just create these reasons to like mm. minimize work. I, I'm pretty that's sure true, a teacher's yeah. going to listen to this and be furious <laughs> that I've said this, but I just wish they paid our teachers better mm. because it's just like, they look after our actual children. That's kind yeah, of yeah, important. They, 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 yeah, definitely. I mean, the other thing I've done is I put my son into a football club, um, like a half-term football holiday camp as well. And I think, so summer activities or like, you know, half-term activities like that, I think are really good. But again, it's just more money you end up spending so they can stay occupied. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, they're just going to be bored or playing Fortnite or something. Man, listen, my son my son came to me the other day and he was talking to me about WWE. And I was really happy, okay, but also yeah. slightly sad because I know what comes yeah. next. Next is like, I would like to get a computer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. The thing, yeah, 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 the thing for me yeah, is I know the computer phase is expensive first and foremost. Yeah. So it's just like, you know when like you buy stuff now and like I can go to an airport and on the way back pick up something really like, like Lego for like sure, $29.99 yeah. and it's like, you got me Lego. Yeah, yeah. In about three and years time, yeah. it's going to be like, dad, dad, I want a PlayStation 7. Yeah, oh, it's like exactly. six nine nine plus games and a controller. This is it. That's the thing. And when all their friends have got it, it's kind of setting you up because you can't be that parent that says no when all their friends are doing it and all their other parents are saying yes. Yeah. So yeah, put it back to you into a yeah. Definitely. It's like no, I can't afford you to get a PlayStation Seven as I get into my Range Rover. It's like no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like bad dad alert. So today, yeah, I I, I woke up this morning and I was just like. It's really interesting because I've had an intense year. I'm really sensitive to people's mental health right now. And so I was looking at Naomi Osaka and I was just like, why is this such a big topic? Like, why is this so, so, such a discovery for people? She's saying her mental health is at risk. I don't want to play and I I don't want to talk to the media. And and the reason why specifically is because people are coming after me for how I perform on clay and yeah, this is a clay exactly. tournament so you're yeah. just going to ask me and put mm. doubts in my head about my performance my performance mm. is enough no so for anyone that doesn't know i don't i'm i may people may not even know who Naomi Osaka is but uh, Naomi Osaka is a, a, a tennis player i think she's actually number two in the world but she yeah, she withdrew two, from the yeah. french open after a few days of controversy because she refused to take part in her press obligations during the tournament and, you know, she announced the decision on social media, it was quite a long statement, but it was a really important account, but really honest as well. She was then fined 15,000 US dollars and told that she would, she'd be, could be disqualified if she keeps missing press conferences following her win with, uh, I think it was Patricia Maria Tigg she was playing. And she, and she just said, like, she's going to take some time away from the court. And she just said, I'm out and deuced it up to deal with her issues of depression and anxiety, as well as avoid being a distraction for the rest of the tournament, which I feel like is almost noble. But then obviously in the in this modern world is that anyone that's sort of a light, right, slightly right-wing reporter, they just decide to turn this into another experience of wokeism. And yeah. you use media to sell your brand deals and you, know, you use them to put your message out there about the things you care about, but you don't want the scrutiny. And I was just like, 
Scrutiny for what? She's the number two yeah, tennis yeah. player in the in the world. What scrutiny? What, what do you have to say? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Can you even play? How do you feel about it? How did it land to you? I mean, I think it was amazing. I think it's nice to hear that, you know, she doesn't see herself as a superhero or someone who needs to go, like, put themselves out there, the hardship, or, or to the hardship of herself and to the benefit of others. Because sometimes people want that kind of juicy gossip, like you just lost this match, what went wrong, what was going through your mind when you were, you know, you were two sets down or something like that. And yeah, if you're not in a place to answer those type of questions or nor do you feel like you should be answering those questions, I think that's your right to say. So I like the fact that it normalised, you know, the mental health, which has been so, I guess, popularised in, in the last few years. It, it kind of normalised that discussion to say that, you know, even people that are multimillionaires playing at the highest level, they suffer. And they feel the ill effects of, of mental health or of anxiety or depression. And she was brave enough to speak out about it. And what I really like is that she almost preempted it by saying, mm, I don't think I'm going to be feeling these interviews that are to come. So I'm going to give you the heads up from now to let you know that I'm not down to be interviewed. And from what I was reading before, it sounds like people have done it before, but they decide after a match. So I think it was Novak Djokovic, I think it might have been. He got disqualified when he when he hit the ball at the the, the linesman's neck or something like that. I think it was um, in in a recent tournament, and so he opted not to do the press conference after because he was just probably feeling a bit to be honest. But I think yeah, with Naomi Osaka, she preempted it and gave them notice, and maybe that's what they've taken a bit of disdain to because they may feel like other people are going to do that in future. But to be honest, if it's for mental health, I'm, I'm all for I think it. I think what's really um, scary is is that. Mm. It, it's not more just universally understood. I think that, and I think also the yeah. people that go through these things for the first time always get the most abuse. So I think Kanye West was, was yeah, is also one of those people who pushes the boundaries first and then gets it, you know, wrong and might say the wrong thing. And but largely he's trying to push for more equitable, more fair distribution of wealth for creators, for artists, yeah, for exactly. you know black people, yeah. whatever the thing is. And and so normally those people get the the most abuse. But I, I almost feel. I'm so proud of her for for doing that. Like obviously, my my pride in her means nothing to her. But the, but I just have a real affinity to people who who take sure. ownership of their own experience in the world. Because too often we just sign up to things and never really ask why. Exactly. So like, yeah. if you ever consider a like sports interview, the questions are some of the dumbest questions in the world. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you lost today. Yeah. Are you going to try harder next week? Like you saw it, you see it in match of the day where it's like. Jose, your yeah. team has just lost 6-0 at home. How, you, how, how do you feel? Is that, uh, I feel good, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, athletics is the worst one for me as well. Like, you've just ran a race, you're out of breath, and the first thing they do is stick a mic in your face because they want that immediate reaction. And you're right, if a person just lost or they just came second or, you know, they, they got disqualified or something, they don't mm-hmm. want to speak to the camera. They don't want to do an interview. And I feel like, what this has done is this is almost like, you know, the Wizard of Oz when, they, when you see behind the curtain and it's like, it's this old man who's really orchestrating things. I think what they're embarrassed by is that this kind of shows what happens mm. behind the scenes, that these some of these players don't always want to speak to us. They don't want to speak to media. But now they're speaking up about it. I think the powers that be feel a bit disgruntled because it kind of exposes the inner workings and the fact that they're only speaking to us because they don't want to get fined. And I think it was Marshall Lynch, um, an NFL player. I think he attended the interview and he just said, I'm here so I don't get fined. And that was his only answer during the interview. He just kept on saying, I'm here so I don't get fined. So it does expose kind of, you know, the the kind of the puppet masters in the background who are the reasons why. I mean, obviously they've got their own agendas, whether it's they want to create more publicity or they want to create a controversial story or whatever it is. But I think, yeah, the players are finally saying no and saying, actually, this isn't this isn't good for me. So I think I like 
Have you ever had to make a stand for your own piece? Like, have you ever had to like stop the wheels of the Ferris wheel at some point and just be like, and, and it come at a cost? Because I think that's the the thing. I think we always sign up that if you're famous or if you're talented, mm. your fame and money comes at the cost of no no more privacy, uh, no more. You you don't own yourself yeah. anymore. You belong to the mm. people that either pay you or you belong to the people that are supporters of yours. Basically, have you ever had sure. to make that stand yeah. yourself? Yeah, do you know what? Funny enough, recently at work, um, I was on a few projects and I think because I've been working throughout the pandemic, I've been working on, you know, kind of like, because I work in local government, I've been working on projects where we've almost been like redeployed to respond to things to do with the pandemic, to do with lockdown. Recently, I said to my manager, like, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm, you know, I'm I'm beaten down. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm burnt out. I just need a bit of a break. I need a bit of a change. I want to stop working on like COVID related projects and I want to kind of get back to business as usual. And it's funny you ask that question because I feel the expense that came at was my pride <laughs> because as a quote-unquote strong black man I didn't want to be seen as weak I didn't want to be seen as I can't do this I can't manage and that only existed in my head I don't think anyone else gave a toss mm. I don't think anyone else cared but I created that narrative in my head where I felt for me to say that I don't want to do this might make me yeah. appear weak and I don't want to appear weak but the reality was I was feeling weak I needed a bit of me time I needed to step away and I did and I was better for it but I did have that inner battle. I felt like I had the angel and demon on my shoulder. And, you know, I didn't know which way to go. If I'm honest, I didn't know which way to do it. And it's funny because we always talk about mental health. We talk about it on the podcast, talk about it in the group. But sometimes when you're in those real situations that you do find yourself you know doubting yourself. Yeah, I think what, what, what's really interesting to me is, and, and I maybe I don't want to keep making this personal, but like I, I feel like there's something where mm. when, when you are the fuel for something or the fuel for someone. And I think about her as sure. well, just like if you're number yeah. two in the world, that comes with pressure. So if she's not at all the major mm. tournaments yeah. and she's the number two, she obviously has a fan base. She's bringing people into tennis. She's making it sure. look good. And yeah. she's yeah, like, definitely. you know, inspiring a next generation mm. to go out and, and pick up a racket or to yeah. tune in. And that adds to, you know, their revenue. So mm. if press yeah, can't talk true. to the number two in the world, that's mm. really problematic for them. And so then you start to see how quickly people turn on you when, when you feel like, because in, in her mind, she's like, I'm just really good at tennis <laughs> and I like playing. And their mind is yeah, like, yeah, well, all right, exactly. so we're going to build our next 10 years of tennis mm. around this person. And, sure, you know, around, we can yeah, we can definitely. probably now bank on a certain amount of ad revenue. She's a woman. She's a woman of color. Mm. She's big sure. in Asia. Yeah. Like they've exactly. probably like commoditized yeah. her in such a way for their future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The she, idea yeah, of her saying no and pulling away yeah. is like, you're ruining our business plan. Like, and, and yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like that when, when I was like, I need yeah. to take a break. So imagine I'm saying I need to take a break for six months here. Mm. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you should take a break. And then be like, yeah, but can you just like, and then <laughs> they didn't even pause between that. They're like, you need a break and what I need. Yeah, and I yeah. realized that. And after a while I was like, oh, right, this is not going to happen with like, because people always say, if you are struggling with mental health, you should tell people. Sure, yeah, and you're like, yeah, of course. all right, I'll tell some people then. So I started telling people, hey, I'm not yeah. doing very well can you help me with this thing and it, and it just wasn't happening and I was like I didn't I didn't understand what was taking so long so then when I took it into my own hands at that point that, that's when you see the truth yeah. of everything you're like oh I'm I'm a product sure I, I, I'm, I'm a service mm. I, it's something that benefits you and yeah, and the sadder sorry. part is, yeah. is I suppose for me for me personally I always was asking people what is your self-interest because I think you know in 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 the in the context of tennis the, the touring company, Roland Garros, they, their self-interest is clear. Revenue, we know. Yeah. So I, we have an understanding of the relationship. And then if you break one part of that relationship, it's really, really clear. So if she doesn't turn up to, to press, that impacts what they're able to do. So 
not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's clear where the lines are between the relationship. I think sometimes in in more personal or even sometimes traditionally professional relationships, those lines aren't really, really clear because, you know, the whole thing about working, the dynamic is, is that you need us to pay your mortgage. So you would do whatever it takes because if you don't do that, you can't pay your mortgage. (laughs) And so they, Mm. most jobs don't really invest in what's the benefit to you to be there rather than going somewhere else. Mm. You know, in the beginning, they might be like, this is your financial package. So, you know, you get paid 40 grand a year and, you know, you get this many days off and you get this much sick days and you get paternity leave and you give sure, that and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, they really care about this. How they're going to look after me. But in the actual experience of day to day of working, how many times do they like show up for you? How many times do they actually like yeah, create exactly. something bespoke True. because they've seen that you're not okay? It doesn't really happen very often. It's very much like True. your job is to turn up as the best as you can without no burden to us and we will pay you on time. And I think what compounds that is, I think we touched on before, like code switching. Like we, because of how we've had to adapt to, to cope in like, you know, Western society, we don't always show our true self at work. So sometimes that like, our representative that goes to work on our behalf makes it appear as though everything's okay. But it's like, if you ask me three times, then I'll tell you the truth. But when you've asked me once or twice how my day's been, you're just going to get a generic answer because... I, I don't want to show you that vulnerability. Mm. I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to let my guard down. So I feel like sometimes we almost do ourselves a disservice by not bringing that to the surface sooner and feeling mm. comfortable to share it. I think on the on the flip side of that, a, a lot of people and a lot of friends I have, and maybe for you as well, that they still see work <laughs> as a plantation. That's that's the kind of mindset. Like <laughs> we're just here to do our hustle to get our money, and then we're going to be able to invest and do what we really want to do with our time and find real satisfaction in life. So I think there is unfortunately that mindset as well where. Yeah, we just, you know, it's a nine to five. We just do our work. But, you know, we've got a master plan in the back of our minds. So we're just going to endure this suffering momentarily until we can build up to where we can, we can say to our manager or say to our job, actually, we don't really need you. We want to move on. Mm. And, you know, if, I've got my own what, I, I was just thinking about what I just said. And I was just thinking, what would you like someone to do? So that you went through that at work and you said that, like, this is really starting to weigh on me. Mm. It's, it's impacting me. I remember when maybe about a year ago, you were saying that you were helping with some of the the challenges and you're just like, actually it's just very yeah. mentally heavy and I just need to take sure. some time to like not be in that space. Mm. What would, what could people around you do yeah. to help you in that time? What would you like? Good question. I think empathy is probably like an easy one, but I think it's hard to kind of read at times because you don't want to overstep that, that professional line, as I, you know, kind of how you're describing that work. You don't want to overstep that line and, and pry too much, but especially for us, I think as, you know, as black people, there's a lot that's been happening, you know, whether it be, um, you know, George Floyd and, and Black Lives Matter and, and everything around racism compounded by COVID and then the disproportionate effect on the minorities with COVID compound that with, you know, us just kind of being away from our friends and family and not kind of, you know, interacting in a normal way. I think you need to almost err on the side of people are suffering. I kind of have that in your mindset. So rather than expect them to tell you or expect me to tell you it's tough, assume that it's tough because everything tells you it's tough. If you understand our experience and what we're going through, you should know that. And I think a lot of people at work, we talk a lot about intersectionality. And so what what people have been good at is understanding because of how they're affected in their protected characteristics and what happens to them, mm. whether it be Sarah Everard, whether it be things around LGBT and stuff like that. I think you can sometimes almost transfer that empathy to say, I'm struggling with what's going on here, but I know what, what you're going yeah. through is, is three, four times as bad. So you must really be suffering. And I think some, sometimes that empathy helps to have the conversation because I'll be honest what, what's difficult is when you're feeling the strain is having a conversation with someone whose life is fine 
because you almost feel like either you're burdening or dragging them down, or you might feel a little mm. embarrassed that everything in their life is going so perfectly. But when they approach you with, you know, I'm suffering, it's tough, I'm struggling, how do you feel? All of a sudden it's taken away off your shoulders. And for me personally, I'm much more likely to express how I feel and kind yeah. of get things off my chest if I know that. So person. so I just I just had a look into um eight tips of how to like support people with mental health challenges. And I think I think okay. this is something that I, I will try and publish this as well somewhere, because maybe on, on, on Instagram or maybe on somewhere. Because yeah. I think it's so, so important because yeah, be even me sometimes, I remember one of my friends, um, he's actually in Don't My Dad's, but he was he was going through some stuff. And we had both been trained in a particular type of like framework and understanding. And all I was doing was quoting this right. framework at him. And I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. I, after a couple of weeks, yeah. I was like, this is, yes, it's nice to be reminded of what you know, it's like, it's like when someone says, oh, I got punched in the face. It's like, well, did you have your hands up? And it's like, well, sometimes it's like, yeah, I did, but he still punched me. It's like, well, look, what you got to do is like, remember to move your head and have your hands up. You're, yeah, you're just like, oh, bro, I'm sorry you got punched in the face, bro. Like, you know, you just like, that is also equally sometimes as valuable. So even me, like, who, who has an awareness, I slip into this. So it's not about good and bad people or, you know, being being perfect. It's just about being slightly more aware that maybe the help that you think you're given isn't actually help. So the, the eight tips they give us is one is to set aside sure, um, yeah. time with no distractions. So if you come to me and say that you're not feeling great, actually it's like, look, let's have a catch up without you, you know, doing a secondary task in the background or being distracted by like on your, you know, sure. on your second phone or tweeting or something while we're talking that, you know, that's really important. But also that space has to yeah, be like yeah. open and non-judgmental. This is really, really important. The second thing is let the person share as little as much. So no coaching into like revealing more when they don't feel clearly don't feel comfortable. I think sometimes when people share stuff, they're only happy to share from a particular perspective. And, you know, if you're embarrassed or shamed about something, even if that's right or wrong, it's really important that you get to share how you feel without having someone telling you and challenging to kind of like coax more out. And if they just want to go, let them just go. And I think maybe as someone that's helping someone, it's really powerful if you say, look, I'm going to call you. I have 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah, to give you. And I'll, I, you know, I'm available for these 30 <laughs> minutes and then I have to go. But like, you know, let them go for that 30 minutes. They'll probably feel significantly sure. better. The third thing is like not to yeah, try and yeah, diagnose yeah. or second, second guess their feelings. So that's what I was doing when I mentioned earlier about, you know, telling him what I think is happening for okay, him right. rather than just listening to him and, and making him feel heard and seen. It was like, you know, you're, th- this is this framework and that's not happening. And I, and I think also when you second guess people's feelings, like especially if you're not qualified. So like I've, I've been doing therapy for now for so long. I understand some of the themes, but where I went wrong for most of last year is I just didn't have any empathy about what I knew. It's like once I knew the, the racket you were in, which is what it's called, okay, right. I, I just I just was just like, I know, I know this is a con and I can't be bothered to engage you because this is not authentic. What what you're really sure, saying yeah, is, yeah. you know, you're not you're struggling with this from your own perspective, but now what you're making it is that it's somehow my fault because I didn't give you enough. When the reality is no one can give you enough because you don't feel you're enough. That you know, th- yes, that may be true. <laughs> But one, I'm not qualified to diagnose that. But two, also, it's just like there's no empathy in that. So, you know, it doesn't allow people to feel and, and get what they need out. Uh, the next next one is to keep questions open-ended. And this is a real skill about nonviolent communication, okay. which is like, you know, how does that make you feel? 
not like saying, and, 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 and that's why you feel this way, isn't it? Like, don't coach them into an answer. Just be like, well, how does that make you feel? Mm. You know, what's, what's the impact in that? How, like, how does that challenge you? Sure. Yeah. What's been the, the cost of doing all those things? And I think those things allow people just to speak more about things that they may not have thought about. And I think that's, a, again, it's a really big skill, but it's something that if you can, if you know and can understand, asking questions is better than telling people what you think. Uh, the next thing is to talk about well-being and just say it out loud. Like, what tips do you have? I have like 27 things that are on the list that I do every time I'm sad. One of them is like eating premium cookies, which I do very well. Uh, and the other ones are just like, you know, having a bath or, or massaging my beard because my beard is patchy as hell. And it's embarrassingly never really been able to build. It's never built an identity for itself. And so, you know, I invested it every now and again. Uh, the sixth one is listen carefully to what they tell you. So... Sometimes I think we listen to people's emotion rather than the actual words that they're saying. So, you know, if people say, I need this, you're like, oh, I don't think you need this because actually I think if this happened to me, I would need this. And then you try to get them into your solution. So really listen to what it is that they're actually saying um, and agree to what they're saying, showing that you understand without necessarily, you have to agree with it all, but showing that you understand and you empathize with what they're saying. Uh, Number seven is offering them uh, help in seeking professional support. So I always have, the website for the Black and Asian network for therapy therapy network. I have it always on deck. It's copy and pasted in a notes folder just to shoot out to people when they ask about it. Um, I used it plenty of times to find people. Um, I actually found my person in South Africa and I'm going to keep using her. She's actually amazing. Um, But yeah, having understanding of what different types of therapy looks like, because not all the time it's talking therapy. Sometimes it's like Reiki. Sometimes, you know, go get a massage. Sometimes it's different things. It's more spiritual as well. Um, and then last number eight is that know your limits. So don't show up when you don't have it. Like this is a, a real thing. And this is something that I used to do often quite a lot. Yeah. It's like, because I feel like I have the skills to help, I would feel that because you asked, I must do it. Uh, but the reality is, is that sometimes... It's like a savior complex almost. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I do have a God complex. If you haven't if you haven't experienced my God complex, I genuinely believe I could do anything. I, I, so it, it has a gift and a curse is that I will just add things to my load that I have no capacity to do. And then in that, you can, can actually create a worse experience than if you just said you were busy. So, you know, knowing your own limits is fundamentally important. Does any of that uh, uh, have a, a resonate with you? Let me just quickly recap them because I think it's important just to say them more quickly. So one is to set time aside with no distractions. Two is to let them share as much or as little as they want. Three is not to try and diagnose them or second guess their feelings. Four is about keeping questions uh, open-ended. Five is to talk about well-being. Six is to listen carefully to what they tell you. Seven is to offer them help in seeking professional support. And eight is knowing your own personal limits. Does any of that land with you? 100 percent i've got an amazing manager at the moment at work and it sounds like she must have read them well like word for word because <laughs> in conversation that's exactly what what she was doing and i feel like what adds extra layer of difficulty on top of that is how you approach the person with any of those points because if you do it in like a way that may cause offense or in a way that may doubt them they're going to close up and they're going to feel as though you you know you don't trust them you, you don't think they're competent you don't think they're able but if you're able to recognize some of the triggers i think what my manager did really well was was able to recognize my triggers so seeing you know three months ago you're really infused you're really dynamic you're full of ideas now you're doing just what you need to do you know you've lost all of that kind of energy and passion and because i declined gradually i didn't notice that i just knew i'm not as i'm not as up for it as i was you know last month i'm as up for it as i was two months ago but it's really good to have someone that can spot your triggers and then to learn your own triggers because i realized that i'm naturally an introvert but what I've realized is when I'm just not involved, 
I just go super quiet. Like I've almost switched off and I'm like, you know, I'm not here. And there were meetings at work where that was my approach, where maybe two months ago, I was really infused and I was dynamic in that meeting. But then I just backed out and I just said the bare minimal, did my work and then just signed off. So I think, yeah, noticing your triggers and having someone that can notice them is really helpful. And all the steps that you described, I think there is like a tap to how you can bring that to each person. So my manager will just kind of pull me to a side. We'll have one-to-ones, start off with a general conversation, ask about the family, and then kind of dive into the, how are you? How are you feeling? How are you finding work? What's going on? And over time, I probably didn't open up straight away. But as you were saying there, over time, I began to open up more and kind of just get more things off my chest. And when I found out that that the ground didn't swallow me, I didn't get struck by lightning, by kind of showing my vulnerability. It was like, actually, yeah, I, I can do this. I can, I can do what Naomi did. I can say no, or I can say this isn't for me. And I think that's a powerful place to be in. Because otherwise, like you said, you'll just, you know, you'll just beat yourself up and you'll commit to everything. You'll under-deliver and then you'll feel even worse. And it's just a vicious cycle. But you know what's really crazy, yeah, is... Because I, I, obviously, as a, as a business owner on the other side, it's really interesting. So I, I do that yeah. all the time. I really, really care about everyone that's in my team and what they're working mm-hmm. with. And I, and I, I always used to ask real, like, really hard-hitting questions because I, I need to know what your state is right, yeah. to, for the mission. But what I- Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns also realized is is that it created this like proximity and safety where like work came second it was like our relationship is first and actually this is what my feelings are and you you don't honor my feelings like no 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 this is the the mission is still the mission and i still care about what you think (laughs) but the mission comes first and then like if you get like i I think the, the the best another analogy i have is that if you get impacted delivering the mission I care enough to hear about it, listen to it, try and find remedies that are within the context of what the remit is of our working relationship. But if you've just had a bad day out of the world and like, let's, just, like, let's just say someone's ill yeah. and, you want, and you want a week off, fine, go. That's, that's real life stuff. Go for it. If you're just having a bad day because you woke up and the day isn't great, you don't feel great about yourself, your boyfriend isn't nice to you or something, then there's a limit to the level of compassion and the level of flexibility that I can give yeah, to those things. Like, yes, I, I might be like, well, look, you know, take a take a little half an hour. Don't bother to come to this meeting, take a minute, but I need you in the game in an sure. hour. I can't I can't have you like, yeah, my yeah. boyfriend and you don't care for my boyfriend. And I'm not saying that's ever happened, by the way, yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying that there's a balance <laughs> between mean, yeah. big life things <laughs> and your day-to-day welfare um, and what you are responsible for as a person versus what I can facilitate as your employer, as your, you know, your business partner, whatever. And that line is slightly, you know, it's a, it's a difficult balance to, to, to get. And I'm 
figuring it out myself. So I, you know, I wouldn't criticize anybody for not getting it right. But you know, how much of it is personal and how much of it is what about the mission? Sure. And I think on top of that as well, a great way, like even you know, for you and for me as well, we probably built resilience by going through things that we didn't want to go through, but we went through it and mm. we became better because of it. And so I think that's another like layer to add on top of it that actually, if you run away from every challenge you're never going to grow, you're never going to develop. So you need to understand, as you said, like when it's just, you're just down in the dumps, but you can pull yourself out of it and you can go. Or when you're, you know, you're suffering from depression or you're really low and you need help, you need someone to, you know, support you through that process. But completely, yeah, completely agree. And I think that's why I find it difficult to judge because I know I've, I've endured and I've pushed through things before that when that feeling does come around again, I think, okay, should I keep pushing or should I stop? And that's sometimes a hard judgment call to make. But you're right, I think, for the sake of a business and a mission, more importantly, if we gave up at the first hurdle, you know, look yeah. at the civil rights and look at, you know, look at other areas that have gone by, people went to task and they, you know, they kind of went on the front line and they fought against mm-hmm. every opposition that came their way. And now we're reaping the benefits. We're not where we want to be, but we're still reaping the benefits of that fight that we put in. And had we given up at that time, yeah. We the the other thing that's so, really, really loud to yeah. me, and I, I suppose this this hit me in maybe 2004, between 2012 and 2015, I basically wasn't doing very well, okay. like in terms of just professionally. You know, I, I, you know, I was still probably making some sort of money, but I, it just wasn't, it wasn't very considered or thought out. It was quite, it was just holding on to like sure. the idea of making enough money to provide for my for my family, rather than actually what I wanted to do. So, you know, I think also where a lot of that disconnection comes as a as a person is that you're probably not doing the thing you should be doing. Too often we sign up to like pay our bills. Because obviously, like when you finish sure. school, the programming is is that you have to get a job, you have to be employable, and so your whole focus is being employable. Yeah. But do you ever consider what actually it is that you should be doing? I think this generation now, I would say the people under twenty five might have it a bit more than maybe we did in our mid thirties now, where I feel like we were just taught. I remember having my NR, was it national record of achievement, that terrible folder. And they were like, if you don't yeah, look after this yeah. folder, you will be nothing. Oh, <laughs> it's not full of achievements. Yeah. It's like, I never, I think I showed it to one person there and they looked at it, opened yeah. it, put it down and started asking me questions. Like, and you think about, you know, what we were taught and what we were bred to think at that time. It was just to get a job yeah. and be employable. But very few of us chose what we were being employed for. What, what, what was your part? Because I think about Naomi, she's like, obviously chosen to be a, a tennis star and so she obviously enjoys the actual work but the culture around the work maybe she doesn't enjoy as much but but you know do you you're saying that you, at times you don't even enjoy your work at times so it's like what what, what was your path into into that yeah. work what i've realized now is that i adapted to you know things as they developed so i'll be in one job and then when another opportunity came around when there was an opportunity for promotion or for a secondment or to do shadowing or something i'd, I'd transition i'd step over and i think what i've probably not done enough now I've mm. not kept that same energy and I've been doing the same thing for a period of time. And it's funny because when I look back now, I can see actually within two, three years, I would have moved around. I would have done something different. I would have challenged myself in a new way. And also what I like doing on top of that is doing mm. like, occasional things outside of work. So whether it be dope black like dads, whether it be like mentoring, whatever it might be, you know, I look for satisfaction in other areas of my life because I appreciate that my job might not tick all the boxes. So I need to find other things that make me happy and other things that I can do to find that fulfillment and just make sure I've got that balance. But I think you made a a perfect point when you were talking about, you know, are we doing what makes us happy or doing what we're supposed to be doing? Because something can serve a purpose for a while. But if you're somewhere for a year that you should have been for six months, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel unhappy. And I feel like 
you know, not saying, for example, that I need to leave, but I need to look at how I can refresh what I do, look for other opportunities, and look at how I can continue to challenge myself and grow. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, I've only got myself to blame. You know, I can't play the victim narrative because it's it's me not doing enough. It's not about people holding me back or anything like that. So I guess, yeah, again, it's about, you know, listening to myself and thinking, shit, like, what, what can I do that makes me want to jump out of bed in the morning and, and attack my day? And frankly, the projects I've been given now, I'm back mm. on that. I'm, I'm excited about what I'm doing. But when I had that slump, I probably sat in it for a little while longer than I needed to because mm. I couldn't properly identify do you, so how So then how much does a role of, like... Because yeah. if I think, what, what causes... Meant unhealthy minds. Then what? What is the thing? Is it? Is it work? Is it? You know? Mm. Is it people in your life? Is it? Is it everything equally? Or because I think sometimes capitalism or, or the division of 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 capitalism drives oh, us yeah. to think that we're not good enough, or we're not smart enough, or we're not you know beautiful enough. Mm. And it's that it's just driving consumerism, isn't it? Like sure. we want you to be slightly insecure so that you buy things to feel better. If everybody felt secure and empowered and full. Mm then we wouldn't, we wouldn't buy anything. Yeah, but, but what I realized when I went to my retreat, yeah. one of the big messages was to really simplify when things aren't working. So cut down to like significantly less yeah. everything, like any, any outgoings, yeah. interactions, commitments, go all the way down and rebuild where so. it works for you, where it feels good. And I think, you know, if you're... Uh, what I realized maybe two years ago is that in the quest to make a lot of money, I started investing more money in making money. And so, you know, I'm buying properties and, you know, doing all these okay, things. I was right, just right. like, but hold on. Doing all of this takes me away from the thing that actually makes me happy because I feel like what sure. I should be doing yeah. as a dad is like securing my children's future. And so I spend a lot of money doing things that I can't maintain because I'm too tired and I'm too stretched. So it's probably better if I, and I remember, this is what actually happened is I remember seeing one of our investing groups and they were talking about stuff. And I was like, I don't even have the time to follow this up. And it's like, maybe I should, maybe I should though. Maybe I spent two hours here rather than like running my two yeah. Airbnbs and burning myself into the ground. Like, I just think maybe how we approach it. Like, is that, would you frame capitalism or friendships or what, what would you frame it as, as what drives it? I think definitely capitalism, as you said, and I think it trickles down. You know, you, you go on social media, you're only ever going to see the highlight reel. You're only going to ever see the best. And it's very easy to feel inadequate when you see what other people are doing and what they're achieving. I mean, I know we spoke on a, on a podcast a few a few months back about mediocrity and people not really being content with mediocrity and therefore always striving mm. to be the best, but not everyone can be the best. And I think so there's something there about wanting more, but being satisfied with what you have. And if you're not careful with all the external influences, and it can be well-intended people like friends and family, it can, it can pull you out of your comfort zone and place you somewhere where you feel uncomfortable. And so that's that's what I I try to protect that a bit more. And, and luckily, I think everyone's had a hard reset with lockdown, where you've just been sat at home not doing much. So all the stunting and all mm. the kind of showboating and everything that's kind of gone out the window because everyone's been at home, kind of focused on self. But with lockdown lifting, I think we're going to get back to that. And I can see where a lot of people may get burnt out trying to keep up with the yeah. Joneses and trying to you know show that they're living their best life when actually they might have preferred themselves just being at home and just reading a book and kind of you know settling in with their family. Um, as opposed to yeah, kind of being or, or, or just running around with machetes. Yeah, there's oh, something man. really. I I I, I think post lockdown, everyone's trying to cram their last two years of lack of Definitely. going out into like right now. Mm. And I, so I got back in, and I and I could feel a hum okay. of yeah. like 
I'm trying to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like just walking past mm. bars and people were laughing just a little bit harder. Yeah. It was just like you you really needed yeah. this. Don't, uh, you can you, just feel it you, like you walking it, past restaurants. A few, a few weeks ago when restaurants could dine outside, it was, you know, it was cold, it was freezing, you know, and people wearing coats huddled under, you know, huddled under little canopies trying to stay warm. And they're eating dinner. Like, you don't want to be eating dinner outside. You're just doing it because now it's an option. But yeah, you don't really want to be. <laughs> With kids back at school and some normalcy returning, we're all keen to keep life moving. NHS Test and Trace are encouraging all adults in England to get tested twice a week using rapid COVID-19 tests. Helping to prevent around one in three people who have COVID-19 with no symptoms spread it without knowing. Family life is busy, but rapid testing is a fast and easy way to find out if you have coronavirus. With results in around 30 minutes, helping you to keep family life moving. You may even have seen your secondary school aged children testing twice a week already, so now is the time to join them. For more information and guidance on where to get testing kits, head online to nhs.uk forward slash get hyphen tested. The more of us that take part, the more we can help protect each other. That's Mrs. Byrne. She just got her entire M&S shop for free. She's this week's randomly selected Sparks customer who doesn't need to pay for a thing. Not only that, every time she shops at M&S and scans her digital Sparks card, M&S donates to her chosen Sparks charity. Plus, she gets personalised offers and treats. Sparks, the new reward scheme from M&S. Good things happen every time you shop. Join today in the M&S app. Terms, conditions and exclusions apply. For details, see marksandspencer.ie. Listen, I feel like, because um, in one of the Vipassana, they do these things called discourses and the discourse is an hour long that talks to you about the teaching in depth. Yeah, okay. And in one of them is like, there was this example of a healthy mind was about attachment right. and what are you attached to? Mm, okay. And he says like, just, you cannot be attached to things and, and live a happy life. You can't because mm. you have to accept that everything can be gone. Yeah. Everything could be taken. Yeah. Everything could change. And the second, and usually when I'm unhappy, and I was thinking about this, I was like, well, every time I'm really not happy, it's because something changed that I was attached to. Right. It's always a person or yeah. a job or a, a situation that I'm like, I really, really like this. And you get yeah. so attached that, that as soon as it's not available to you, you like you just, your, your heart breaks and you're like, oh, yeah. what about me? And I feel, and this person, duh, duh, and you've got all these stories about how it's gone. But the reality is, and, and I suppose when I, when I started, Dope black dads. It was just because I needed it. It was so. It was just so pure. Mm. And one of my friends actually said, "Is like, don't turn it into a thing." Okay. <laughs> so he, he rang me. Goes, it's yeah. great. Don't turn it into a thing. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not. I'm not turning it into a thing. Like, <laughs> this is just for me. Like, I'm right yeah. now. It's just very selfish. This is like month one to six. Mm. This is very selfish. It's about what I need. And then what happened is, is that I no longer needed the group like that sure. in the way that I designed it in. I didn't need it because the, the challenge that I had, had had gone and me and my daughter were doing great. Uh, and so what then happened is everybody was coming to me and being like, I really loved, like it meant so much. And I think it wasn't necessarily an egoic response. It was more of a, an accountable response of like, oh, you, you, this is really helping you. Let, let, well, let me, let me advance it and make it a bit more stable and a bit sure. more structured yeah. and make it clearer mm -hmm. and I'll communicate it. 
and build it into something so everyone can use it and then slip out. So, you know, I'm thinking you can slip out of these things. You can't, yeah. you can't slip out of the thing. <laughs> no, and so, you know, I, I made a commitment last year that I will spend 12 months turning it into a grown-up organization, give it all the things that it needs to survive. And then I would step down and hand it over to somebody else to run. And I quickly realized here yeah, is that I, a few people said they really loved it, but nobody asked me to actually create anything else they were just like i really really enjoy it and what i could have just said is like great thank you i'm glad you enjoy it and uh so then if i then decided it didn't work for me that i could just disappear like i i can step away from the thing even if i am the founder of it even it's just because it, it's there for everybody else if you yeah. want to yeah. use it and put your thoughts into a whatsapp group or a facebook group that's really what it's about if you want to go on a podcast and talk about stuff go and talk about it the platform is there but it shouldn't actually need me to be sustainable because when movements are centered around any one person, it's only a matter of time before it all goes on fire because people are incredibly fallible. Like, you know, I think about Black Panthers movements and well, that was slightly indifferent because they intentionally tried to sabotage them. But every single black movement or any movement of great change has been sabotaged. Yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> I think that's the thing. When, you know, as you said, if you idolize the leaders, if the leaders are taken out, everything crumbles because mm. that's what people were, you know, they, they may not have bought into the idea as much as they bought into the individual. And so without the individual, every, everything crumbles. But you do want to, and even what you're saying, you want to build things up for people to be self-sufficient so they get to the point of they can do it themselves. And you've got all these other mini Marvins out there like kind of, you know, running and leading things in their own way, in their own spaces. And I, and I think that's powerful. Yeah, And, and I, I, th I think on, on kind of on what you said, I think sometimes people don't know what they don't know. Mm. So they don't know that that's what they need because that idea has never been posed to them. Mm. They've always seen it as, I need a leader, I need a figurehead. But when you say that, you know, you're the leader, and it's funny because you mentioned Kanye earlier and you also mentioned God Complex. And, you know, Kanye had that song where he said, I am a God. <laughs> I think many people took that, you know, in the wrong way. But I think what he's saying is we are the gods of our lives. We are the gods of our own destiny. Mm. It, the buck stops with us. Mm. And yeah, we need, we need to lead like that. Yeah. I think about accountability is, is that, mm. uh, and this happens with other languages, like freedom of speech. Pe people completely misinterpret and misunderstand sure. what it is yeah. to suit their own, what they want. And I think like, if you want someone to come in and solve your problems for you, it, I, I want that too, by the way. Want, I, I, yeah. I do. Uh, someone came and said, all the things that you find difficult, here's the answer and it's free. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, want that. to take it, yeah, exactly. But in, in reality is that, you know, that's not going to happen and you then need to show up on for yourself, really. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think there, there's something about the, the mental approach of how you take on these things and how you sustain those changes that is going to define, you know, your own future. So like when we're saying, are you signing up to the wrong thing? Are you signing up to capitalism because you sure, never really yeah. considered what it is? It's like, yeah, they told me I need to get married. They told me I need to buy a house. They told me I need to buy a car. They told me to have yeah, two kids. It, Four yeah. kids is not really worth doing anymore because it's really expensive, mm. but get two. Like, so I've done all yeah. of those things and I'm not yeah. happy. And you're just like, well, well, because what was the mission though in the beginning? Mm. And the mission probably didn't really even exist. It was just like your tick yeah, boxing. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's where some of it goes wrong. And I think in other ways in your life, in your job and the things that you're connected to, it's really important that you take your own accountability for the thing and you're not relying on, you know, a free volunteer service to guide your happiness and your quality of worth. Like, I just think it's impossible to sustain that. And I think, also, I just think the concept of being being dope is like, you are a bit of that anyway. Because not, not, yeah. not, not everyone needs to be a bloody entrepreneur. We don't need a million more entrepreneurs waking up and... Sure. and 
you know, doing that. There are many different roles for different people. You know, you can, for every entrepreneur, you need 10 employees or something. So it's like, yeah, you do exactly. need people to yeah. actually facilitate without the burden of like, like entrepreneurialism is a nightmare, but like about the burden of all the work. And, and that's a part of it. And I think we're always trying to sell this idea of like, you're only valuable if you, you know, are this type of person. And, and that's, sure, that's, not, yeah. that's not the thing anymore. Those days are, are well and truly over. We value you for whatever role you play, but just play it with integrity and play it to the best of your capacity, really, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, it kind of goes back to the part of Naomi. If she felt that this wasn't a tournament for her, or you know she didn't want to do any interviews. I think it's just that power of making your own decisions, and and you feel like you're doing something wrong, but maybe you're just doing something that's never been done before. Mm. And I think what really offended everyone, everyone that's taken offence, like you said, like with the right wing, is that it's like someone's finally speaking up and standing up against them, and and they feel they feel threatened by that. And I think that's the power we need to make our own decisions and sometimes say no to things when it no longer serves us. You, you know, it could have worked for you every day up until today, but if it doesn't work today. You say no, you turn it down, you step away yeah, from yeah. it because that prioritizes your well-being and, and kind of like your safety and your love and your, you know, the wellness that you need in your own life. Don't don't just do things for the sake of it and suffer for others mm. when it'll be at your detriment. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you so much for that. That's a really because you know it's just on my mind. Like I just woke up and I was like, I've, I had a real connection to Naomi Osaka. I just see her and I'm like, when I think of black women, there's particular types of black women that I think. Of. I know I appreciate she's mixed, but there's yeah. types of women that I think about across the sure, intersection yeah. and I'm just like she's someone like she's not she's not a flashy like extravagant she's just she's just a mean. person yeah. that's very she talented she turns up she wins yeah. she goes like yeah I, and I just want to normalise that part because I you know and maybe you knew this yeah. growing up as well like I, I think when when we looked at the school playground it was all divided into very much extremes you have like the handball guy <laughs> the football guy the yeah. brainy guy yeah. the fighter you know everyone had their like yeah. characteristics and I just felt like you then had to wear that armor to the nth degree, and you couldn't you couldn't just yeah. be good at something and without the like extra sure. bit. So it's like you couldn't be smart, but then not have like the glasses and the bad trainers. Like you, yeah. you know, if you had good trainers, it was like yeah, but you're being a nerd, and so you fit into yeah. This whereas like if yeah. you were the slightly I don't know, be disrespectful, but a slightly overweight South Asian guy with glasses, they'd be like, oh, that's acceptable way that nerds should look. So we haven't going to bother with you. Sure, but you're sure, a black sure. guy that's got yeah. Nikes on, and you like you love you love English. Yeah. It's like oh, you're gay. You don't, you don't <laughs> Yeah, it's just like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. um, and, I, and I think just being really good at your job yeah. is a really powerful new stance um, and that's something uh, that I think we should all really focus on because one of my friends he's a uh, he's a business owner and he's just he's just done really really well in the last year or so he's been doing well for a while but specifically in the last year or so and we, we caught up over the weekend um, and we were just talking about like you know like even myself my, my, in my career over 15 years there's a lot of really high profile people um, or other people who have been really successful around me. Sure, um, yeah. So my, whatever I've created has facilitated success for others, whether it's like Sunday show, my marketing career, music career, advertising. There's a lot of people that I've employed, that I've managed, yeah. I've, you know, found or whatever that have done really, really well. And was like, that. that's just what I, that's what we do though. That's not, that's not to say, it's not for me to be get patted on the back for that. It's just, it's just a part of, if you're around me, sure, yeah. things, good things happen and you're welcome to take full advantage of it. And I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, I made you. And without me, you would never. <laughs> but I do yeah, think it's like, yeah. it's important that I know that though. I know that mm. there's a benefit to being around because of things will come across and I'm never going to get in anybody's way to go and take them. And so I feel like um, I can be pleased about knowing what my impact is. 
And, and maybe that would only ever truly come out when someone passes away, you fully get the flowers of what you create for others. But there's a real like acceptance of just being good at what you do without the story around it and without like overselling it or making yourself too important. And it's funny because I've been saying I'm not important for <laughs> since we launched Dark Black, <laughs> mainly because like, you know, I, I know what I can do, but I it's not it's not for everybody. Like, I don't feel like my methods of creating a community group serve everybody. Like, I think about Dare a lot. Dare is like, he's just a great guy. He's just a great... But every yeah. time we have a conversation, we're on the opposite ends of how we think it should be done. Every time. Without right. fail. He's way more socialist than I am. Yeah. But like... So when I, when I speak to him, I, I can see how we, we just disconnect on most subjects, but also as, as people, sure. we have a lot of connection. So, you know, when I, when I speak to him, I'm like, I love how you think you have a real view for yourself. And I think that's yeah. what, you know, brings everyone pieces when you own your version of your own existence and you present it to the world on your own. Um, and then if you can get help, it's great, but the help isn't essential in, in your mind. You're not, you don't need it. Uh, you know, like sometimes where the rappers are like, you know, someone might have a mixtape and be like, the label won't listen to my mixtape. Just yeah, make make yeah. your fans listen to it and make stuff that they care about and then it will be successful. So yeah, I think, I think that acknowledgement of just like what your true presence is and the value of it can only be internal. It can never be something that you can communicate externally or try to productize externally. It's just like, it just is like good things happen when I'm in my flow. And so I try to stay in my flow more than not. And I think that can apply to many things. Because even for me, I was just thinking that, you know, it's about saying that we are enough. Even though we want to achieve and do more, I think sometimes it comes from a lack of contentment within ourselves. And what it reminds me is, you know, so many times I've wanted to go out there and take on the world and defeat every problem. But knowing that my son's just content with me just being his dad mm. and just playing Lego with him or playing football, like that shows me that, you know, there, yeah, there's a fight to fight out there, but we can also be content and we can know that we're enough and we can we can take charge in our own life. So yeah, I think I think that sums up nicely because otherwise, you know, you're, you're taking mm, on battles that aren't That's really you. powerful. Anyway, yeah, bro, thank you so much, man. Because I think when we talk about the mental no, capacity, I think the things that I've learned is like what's for me and what's not for me, just like you said. But I also realize attachment is a very heavy reason for why sure. discomfort yeah. comes for me. And I got to let things go and accept whatever journey they go on to and, and empower people to do their own thing. And I think if you think about that for Naomi, that's about, you know, tennis may not long-term be for her. Like she may need to find another calling because yeah. if the cost is that you're going to get fined every tournament or disqualified and kicked out because you refuse to speak to press, you know, you maybe you've made $50 million. Maybe that's enough. Do, do you need to do anything sure. else? Just play yeah, tennis yeah. or just create. Yeah. And this is, so this is, I don't want to go another one, but this is another thing where it's like, create, why don't you just create your own, tournaments play people you want to play sure, yeah. somebody will pay for the rights for it you're the number two in the world and then just create your own rules there's no press conferences exactly <laughs> like <laughs> just yeah. you know and yeah. i think you may not make 50 million but you yeah. might make five and be happy and i think that's that's a yeah. very very different uh environment where i think you take more accountability for the things that don't work for you and create a counter to the thing that's not working because Clearly, it's out of date, but also think about your life where you can show up and take more ownership and not be at the whim of, you know, sure. everybody else's decisions because it's just not a nice place to be. I don't know if you can be at peace living in other people's head rent free. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate it, man. We'll catch no, up again next it, week uh, and see who else is around. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week, but Father's Day is coming, everybody. Uh, <laughs> just a message to any mothers yeah. or women listening. Uh, you know, if you do have a partner in your life and they are a father of your child, 
please try and make it special. We we do like socks and we do like underwear. It's a really important part of our uh, <laughs> annual budget for these things because uh, we're probably not buy it ourselves. But if you're going to do that, just get the nice ones, Calvin Klein, you know, the sexy ones, you know. Mm. Go, just go the extra mile, man. If you don't have the Calvin Klein money, then just, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just try and make it special, man. Make something handmade, you know, make, you know, think of something really nice. Really go in on Father's Day. We all know it's the, like, Z list of, of national holidays uh, and how we celebrate <laughs> yeah. it. But, you know, it's really, really important that, you know, you show up for, for fathers. You know, we're all trying and we're, we're putting our shift in. But, you know, we get we get one day. We get a morning. We don't get a day. We get a morning. We get two hours in the morning. And so just yeah, give us that two hours, man. That's all we want. Cool words. Thank you so much. And so thank you guys for listening. I really much appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, you can find us at at Dope Black Dads on all social media platforms. You can also email me for a chat at hello at dopeblackdads.com. Thank you so much for listening, my brothers. I appreciate you all. Uh, We'll be back next week. With kids back at school and some normalcy returning, we're all keen to keep life moving. NHS Test and Trace are encouraging all adults in England to get tested twice a week using rapid COVID-19 tests. Helping to prevent around one in three people who have COVID-19 with no symptoms spread it without knowing. Family life is busy, but rapid testing is a fast and easy way to find out if you have coronavirus. With results in around 30 minutes, helping you to keep family life moving. You may even have seen your secondary school aged children testing twice a week already, so now is the time to join them. For more information and guidance on where to get testing kits, head online to nhs.uk forward slash get hyphen tested. The more of us that take part, the more we can help protect each other. I have to bring the kids to school then, the big work presentation, and the in-laws are over for dinner tonight. I have so much to do. Does this sound familiar? Rosanna Davison here. We all have days where things can be overwhelming. When I feel the need for emotional support, I reach for Rescue Remedy to help dial down my hectic day naturally. Rescue is a unique combination of flower essences to support calm so you can stay on top of your day. Rescue Remedy, available from pharmacies and health stores nationwide. Also in Super Value and Tesco. That's Mrs. Byrne. She just got her entire M&S shop for free. She's this week's randomly selected Sparks customer who doesn't need to pay for a thing. Not only that, every time she shops at M&S and scans her digital Sparks card, M&S donates to her chosen Sparks charity. Plus, she gets personalised offers and treats. Sparks, the new reward scheme from M&S. Good things happen every time you shop. Join today in the M&S app. Terms, conditions and exclusions apply. For details, see marksandspencer.ie. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.